Mathilde Bia speaking. I'm a French architect specializing in reuse practices in the urban construction field. During this podcast, I'm going to share with you my experience of residing at the Villa Albertine 2023 in Portland, Oregon. The Donuts Day refers to the Donut Theory. It deals with urban planning, reuse, not recycling, by sharing life experiences, conversations, and personal thoughts. The Rebuilding Center is the place for reuse in Portland. And there is no better person to talk to about it than its founder, Shane Anticott, who is also one of my fortunate encounters in Portland. Well, I guess the way you'd say it here, I have a checkered past, so... <laughs> I grew up here in Portland, and I've been doing salvage since I was a kid. So in the mid-70s, 1970s, mm -hmm. to the, probably the early 80s, there were a lot of empty buildings in northwest Portland. You know where northwest 21st is, northwest 23rd. There was lots of parking there because there was empty houses, empty apartment buildings, Uh, there was a hospital uh, in northwest Portland. It was empty. It was built in the 1800s. We used to play in it when I was a kid. So I played in a lot of empty buildings and empty houses. And when we needed to repair something or fix something, we just went to an empty house. You took the house parts and fixed it. So when I started getting into reuse, it wasn't for environmental reasons as a kid. It was be resourceful. Shane is a bit like the incarnation of the old adage, necessity is the mother of invention. He started working at the age of 14, and thanks to the local services of the city of Portland, he landed his first job doing deconstruction on the Saint-Vincent-de-Paul Hospital's project. This specific project involved reclaiming and reusing the wood from a site. At the same time, there had previously been a shooting, At the time of the incident, in 1996, no one in the neighborhood called the police nor took any action, leaving the community shocked and confused and asking themselves, where do we go from here? And so I, w I became very um, obsessed with the idea of social fabric and how do you strengthen it. But I, so I thought, well... I should start pulling people together and find out if they see things around their communities that would make a difference. And that's what I did for almost a year. I'd bring a group, um, groups of about 12 to 15 people and just facilitate a discussion and take a lot of notes. Link between people and... Yeah, and asking them, what do you see as possibilities in your neighborhood to get to know your neighbors? Because my experience had been that the foundation of social change It's built on relationships. Mm -hmm. So once you have the relationships there, then you can build anything. Mm -hmm. But as long as people aren't talking to each other and understanding what the needs and, and what the resources are in a community. So when I was meeting with people, uh, I, I thought people kept saying, oh, you should start a nonprofit that encourages people to get to know each other. And I thought, well, wait a minute, I can't be the first person or first group of people 
to think we have a really good idea that could be a benefit to the community. People have been around a long time trying to solve problems. There's a lot of nonprofits. So, and I said, before starting another nonprofit, I should get educated. So I came up with over 20 nonprofits in Portland, and from every organization I could find, from social services to sports organizations, and I asked if I could interview them, and I just wanted to learn what the barriers were that kept them from solving a problem that they were created to solve. Our United Villages was created in 1997. One of its main missions was to inspire people to value and discover the existing resources in their territory. It's beginning with human beings, their needs, but also the material resources needed to strengthen social vitality and environmental issues of individual communities. And that's when I came up with the idea to fund our United Villages through the Rebuilding Center. So I started our United Villages and ran that for a year. And then I started the Rebuilding Center as a project of our United Villages. I got almost every grant I ever applied for because I only applied when I needed to buy equipment. So what I would say to them is that um, we're going to take care of all the operating costs and overhead. But if we get this grant, we'll get this piece of equipment or we'll get this property and we'll do this work. And, um, and then I would explain how I would scale it. So when I went and uh, started looking for a permanent home, mm -hmm. that building on Mississippi, uh, where the rebuilding center is now, I just live up the street from there. So I would go by that all the time. But back then, you have to know that street, most of the businesses were boarded up. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It was a very different place. Um, I had friends there. I grew up there. So I, I had no problems there, but most people wouldn't come to that area. So when the building that you saw there, one day I went by it, and they put up a sign that said, for lease slash sale, this is a generic sign. So I called the phone number, and they said, oh, it's not for lease, it's only for sale. And they want $1.2 million for it. When, and this is exactly what he said to me. When I heard that you wanted to buy my building and you had no money, I thought you were like a kid at a car lot who wasn't old enough to drive and couldn't afford a car, couldn't buy a car on my lot. He goes, and then Bob told me you got $900,000 committed. He goes, and he had the envelope that I gave Bob. He goes, I opened this up after Bob called me and I read it. And this needs to happen. So I have good news for you. I'm going to sell you my building for $900,000 and wow. I'm going to donate the land. And to this day, it's still amazing. I was like, wow. <laughs> so, wow. We got the property. Wow. At the time, um, it was about um, 20, a little over 20,000 square feet of building. And then there was the big yard. And then, and then there was a parking lot behind the alley where that building is now. It's very big. Oh, yeah. But it wasn't that big then. Um, There's so many of these things that happened. It was wonderful, but wild. Uh, like when we closed on the property, it was the end of um, December of 1999 mm -hmm. when I signed all the papers. And three days later, we got a letter after New Year's from the property we were at that was on month to month. 
telling us they they had no idea what was going on for us, you know, because they didn't care. They were investors. Yeah. But their broker contacted us and said uh, they're ready to go on their new project. They said uh, you have 30 days to get out. So it was kind of wild, and we were on the other side of the river in the industrial area. So we had people pulling up to buy things, and we would send them over across the bridge, going, "Hey, would you mind take some of these materials with you? Because we had to move out in 30 days." And uh, so we moved the entire rebuilding center operation without shutting down for an hour. Mm-hmm. And at one point, we were open in both locations. And when we got in the building, you went to, we just used it as it was. It was it was yeah. it was a manufacturing building where they were manufacturing uh, things with fiberglass and plastics that stunk like chemicals. So. Ended up buying the building, moving there. Everything just kept taking off. I started the first year-round deconstruction project in the United States. Um, and I had done that a, uh, just before we moved in. And then um, that expansion, I raised $2 million to do that expansion. Okay, and you work with uh, Mark Lakeman? Yeah. Designed the building. So you know, you well, know him or...? Oh, yeah. yeah, I, yeah. I knew him before. When I was starting... Um, uh, Our United Villages. He was involved in a thing called um, City Repair. City repair. Mm-hmm. And I had asked if I could come there to learn. They were one of the organizations I was... Me- Observing. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, I used to go to their meetings and watch the dynamics. Mm-hmm. Um, so, And I had donated uh, at the Wood Depot with St. Vincent de Paul. I was donating materials to their projects. Okay. So I was donating plywood. And when I did the expansion, I hired um, Communitecture, Mark's yes, uh, yes. project. But I told him one criteria. He had to um, design it with our employees. So nice. we had him at a big table. Nice. And the design That's that so you nice. see as a result of that, there's a lot of different drawings. Collaboration between the every employee. Yeah. Nobody else would ever do that. You know, nobody else. Nice. No companies. No, I knew no, no. Mark would. And um, so we sat down in that office uh-huh. and kept talking about what it should look like. Oh, I, all the employees, this was kind of crazy. At one point, I, we had over 60 employees. But whenever a department was hiring, I would make, I would have all the employees involved in the hiring process. Some people liked it. Most people liked it. Some did not. They thought it was terrible. <laughs> yeah, but it's, a, it's an experience, I mean... Right, yeah, you're yeah. learning. And I would take them through all these trainings, mm-hmm. and most people would tell me later on um, that changed their whole view of how things worked. Because I, oh, so in order to be on the hiring committees, you had to go through HR, human resources training, to know the laws and everything. And see my, I, my whole thing was about, you want people to understand how things work, because the only way you can change things is if you understand how they work. So... The, so the Rebuilding Center took off. Our United Villages took off. We were doing all this community work in different um, parts of the city. And people were con- coming to us from all over, including the city of Portland mm-hmm. and the county, to consult with our employees mm-hmm. who did community work. Mm-hmm. The city, the county changed their language on how they did outreach based on our work. And it was great. It was called Our United Villages. It was up there on the building. And All the funding, 100%, came from the materials that people were throwing away. And when I was telling people that we're going to take houses down by hand, I would show up and say, we can take this house down by hand. And they would literally say this, that's crazy. You can't take a house down by hand. 
And my goal was we were going to take everything that's reusable, we didn't care what the resale value was, and we would donate to anyone doing community projects, whether they were nonprofit or not, it was free. So we were constantly donating free materials all over the city mm-hmm. to projects. And, um, and it, it was great, it was all self-sustained. Our United Villages Association is a set of interdependent programs. We have the Rebuilding Center, a warehouse and store of reused construction materials, which receives donations from individuals and professionals to resale at a reduced price. Refined Supply, a workshop for manufacturing high-end furniture from reused materials and which also offers workshops to learn how to build via reused material and or make repairs. A deconstruction service which offers services for the careful removal of buildings or part of buildings. And finally, community outreach as a community strengthening program. This emblematic place in Portland, also known by its customers as the common refrain of I love that place, continues to inspire a large number of innovators up and down the west coast of the United States. Thank you to Shane Andicott and the Portland-based music group heard in this episode, Wizzy Ford. This podcast is produced by Mathilde Billet, edited by Pierre Roulet with the support of Ville Albertine.